to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. the Father even though we're saved. Just because we're saved doesn't mean that he does not have a purpose in our life. It's not that we just are saved and we go to heaven. There's a relationship that's there. There's um, love and protection and guidance that is there. And we think that we don't deserve it, just like these songs say. You know, we think that we are just filthy, you know, but in his eyes... We're his sons and we're his daughters, and he sees us without all that stuff and for who we really are. Um, so, the title of the sermon is Love of the Father, and uh, when Pastor Tom asked me to teach uh, about a month ago, I had many ideas that ran through my head. Um, that I thought I wanted, you know, but of course, anything that I want to teach, I always run through him first, because he knows who's going to be here, he knows what they need, and he also knows what I need, and so um, I ran through all those things, and he gently told me no, and um, during this time of questioning, I found out that the topics that I wanted to teach on were already being taught on every time I came to church, so I was like, okay, that's why you said no. Um, but the one thing that came to mind that he would not let go of was love. And uh, I knew that that was a topic God wanted me to cover, and I thought I had no idea what love really was. So I kept on asking God if he was sure that that's what he wanted me to teach on. How many of you guys have done that, you know? Um, and I had no answer back. I knew when I was pushing away um, because I didn't really know what love really was. So um, for two weeks, the person that com kept coming to my mind when I would talk to God about this topic was um, right in front of me and I didn't know it. I didn't know it, and um, it was my dad. My dad is here, and um, he kept bringing my dad to my thoughts, and I was seeing all the things of the love of a father. And so I was like, okay, but I continued to fight it and ask for direction and another topic to teach on and I got nothing. So last Wednesday, he made it very clear, this is it, you know, so, okay. So when I think of the love of God, which is our Heavenly Father, um, I can use my own dad as an example of what love is. Um, I was blessed with a really great dad, um, and I'm hoping that by his example, you can see the type and shadow between God. You know, he's, I don't look at him like God. I'm not idolatry or anything like that. Just type and shadow, okay? 
Um, this is how God taught me about what love really is. Um, we get instruction in the word of God. And we have rules of how to live life the right way and not the worldly way. We have God himself telling us how loved, how pleased he is with us, that he prays for us, that he even sings over us. Now here on earth, our parents teach us and guide us and want the best for us. And I know that God loves us more than our own parents could. And it's hard to grasp that because as a mom, how could somebody love my kid more than me? But he does. And because we're not perfect, but he is. And so his love is immeasurable. So um, I know that he sees deeper than we can see in ourselves and what is truly there and who we really are when nobody's around. Who are we? really. And we have been shaped in life by worldly standards, what others say about who we are, and we don't see ourselves for who we really are, and um, what we were before we started to believe the lies of others that have told us, you know what I mean? So when we grow up as a kid, you know, we have other kids telling us, you're this, or you're that, or teachers, or other adults telling, you're this, you're that, and that's what we take on with us and believe growing up And because if you didn't grow up in church, you wouldn't know the word. You wouldn't know who you are really, truly. Um, We just have that worldly, you know, way of uh, telling us who we really are. Um, I know uh, that those things are hard for us as we grow up. You know, it's hard for us to not listen to those things because words we know in the word that words have power and you don't realize that when those things are spoken over you or about you they actually plant seeds and that's what you start to believe about yourself um, from what other people say but we have to focus on who God tells us that we are Um, Ephesians chapter 1 4 through 6 says according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved this was done before we ever before our parents even knew that we were in the belly. <laughs> this was already done. He already chose us. He already accepted us. He already loves us before the world was ever made. Okay? So you are not an accident. If anybody ever said, oops, you were an accident. I wasn't planning on having you. No, you are not an accident. Okay? Um, we may think it's an accident. Um, in our worldly thinking, but we know that God predestined us to be here. Uh, It may have been unexpected to your parents, but not to God. He knew. He knew where he would send you, who you would impact, what you would do, and all your callings and giftings, and chose you to be here in this present time. Um, There are no accidents with God. Um, But it can be hard to grab a hold of that love and accept it. 
okay? Knowing that is true and that God himself really does do that and feels that way towards us, we can feel like we don't deserve it, that we have done so much bad that how God, how can God truly love us in that way? And yet, he does. So, my earthly father knows of the things that I have done that were sinful, bad, and not good, and he has chosen to stick by my side. He could have ran, he could have shunned me away, he could have judged me, he could have walked out of my life. We hear all the stories all around the world of parents cutting their ties with their kids and things like that, but he chose to stay. And my father does not know all the things that God himself knows about me, and yet God has chosen to stay with me too, even in the things that he knows are true and have transpired. Um, God has watched over me and protected me in situations that were not good. And when I look back on my life, I know that only God himself got me out of those situations I was in. Um, my, my dad did not know all the danger I was in. Or he would have tried to protect me, right? But he did give me guidance, and I did not, did not listen all the time. And he told me how to live right, how to be good, how to buckle down and do good in school. He um, awarded me and my brother when we had good grades. And he was so proud of us and the awards and things that we got in school. And he loved to watch us in sports and activities we were in and do stuff with us. I mean, he was just, you know, in everything. He still is, too. Okay. He was protective, and I even thought my dad was overprotective or strict, but I was ignorant and did not know that his protection kept me from danger, just like God kept me from danger as well. So one day, I was hanging out with um, two guys that were in a gang, and we were kind of like hopping around places. I just, you know, we're friends. So I wasn't in a gang. Okay. <laughs> Let me just stop for a second. I was not in a gang. But they were friends, and that's what they did. Okay. So I hung out with them uh, one day, and um, they took uh, me to this place, this house. I do not know how to get there. I couldn't tell you where I was. And um, I sat on the recliner waiting for them to finish talking to whoever they were talking to. Um, it wasn't a different language. I did not know um, everything they were saying, but I kind of had an idea. Um, when one of the guys walked up to me and said, do you have condoms on you? I said, yes. And I knew right there I'm in danger bad. And they were in the kitchen talking and uh, this girl was in the kitchen, and she was arguing with them, basically saying, don't do this. So she walked over to me and said, you shouldn't be here. You need to go. And I said, well, I don't know, how to, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where we are. And so she gave me the phone. I called, and I got a ride from uh, one of my aunts, and she came and got me. And I was, like, told, you know, don't tell where you are don't tell anything that transpired they were scared you know nothing did happen but that girl stood in that gap for me and i to this day do not know who that girl was but i do pray that god 
like blesses her for getting me out of that situation because I didn't understand their language fully to know what was, I just knew I was in danger. And I thought that I was probably gonna be, yeah, gang raped or something like that because there was more people showing up and things along those lines. So um, that was a way that God protected me through that other person and got me out of danger when my dad couldn't but if I listened to my dad I wouldn't have been in that situation (laughs) you know what I'm saying I wouldn't even have even endured that been in fear and all that stuff that transpired that day that would have never have even been a thing Um, but um, God loved me too much to let what they were planning to happen in my life okay and um, I'm not saying that I had an easy life and nothing bad ever did happen to me because I did have bad things um, that like happened in my life that were out of my control but I do know that there were things that transpired that if I would have listened um, and done what my father said then I probably would not have had to go through a lot of the circumstances. Um, I thought that a lot of those things were fun and entertaining, but in reality, not that situation, but just living in the worldly um, life. Um, But those things were damaging my life and I didn't know it. And in Proverbs chapter 13, verse one, it says, a wise son, wise, Wisdom means having the power of discerning and judging properly as to what is true or right, possessing discernment, judgment, or discretion. That wise person, that son, heeds his father's instructions. But a scoffer, who is a person who mocks or makes fun of someone or something, often of religion or moral values, does not listen to rebuke. I know that I've told you guys before when you read Proverbs, it would be an eye-opener. It will show you the things that you need to change. Well, I was a scoffer. Um, I would tell others that my dad was a goody two-shoes, that my dad wouldn't cross a line, and he'd go by the book, and he's just strict, and, well, he was right for doing so. I may have seen, it may have seemed that he was too tough, too hard, worried all the time about things and that probably was so but his heart was right and he loves and does not want to see me or my brother go down a path that could harm us hurt us lead us to destruction be bad for us could kill us anything along those lines because he cares a lot about us Um, when we look at God we see the same things Okay, He would tell us of the things that could come our way if we do not obey his word. He tells us um, what can come into our lives when putting things, people, gods, other gods, or other beliefs above him. He does not want us to go through that. Just like I'm sure my dad didn't want me to go through all the stuff that I went through. Okay, But he does not put bad things on us when we do. There is... Um, a misconception on God that he did this to me or he brought that on to me or he's 
and it's not. I used to ask God, because I used to think the same thing, why he was doing this or that in my life. And he opened my eyes, and I realized it wasn't him. It was either the choices I was making on my own or the attack of the enemy. And God tells us in the word that if we do things that are against what he says, then these things will come into our lives. He is not waiting to send a strike down to get you, okay? It is our own free will on this earth. Just like I had a free will to either listen to my dad or not. We have that same free will with God. If I didn't listen to my dad, he would punish me. He was not waiting and looking for me to mess up and say, now I got you, I'm going to get you now. You know, this is what we think of God, you know, that we're just, you know, (laughs) it's not like that. Um, There were consequences for my actions in my life. Okay, If I do not choose to read the Bible and find out what God says to do and not do, and I'm saved thinking I'm doing right and my life is a mess, it is not God's fault. It's my own. Now, if he did not give me the Bible and just expected me to figure it out on my own and I was making a mess with my life, then it would be his fault because he's not giving me instructions. Okay, But my behavior does not reflect my dad because it's not his fault, I chose not to listen. Okay, just like when we don't listen to what God's telling us and what is right for us, it's not his fault these things are coming into our lives and the consequences that we have to go through because of the choices that we make. Um, I have a father who loves me and wants the best for me. He doesn't always agree with everything that I do. But at the end of the day, he loves me. How do I know this? Because this is something you guys have to know because you may not know um, either in your own life or with your walk with God either. Um, I know that my dad loves me because he prays for me every day. Every day. I know my dad's praying for me. Well, you might think, well, that's easy. He's your dad. That's what he's supposed to do. But... Yes, that is so. Parents do pray for their kids, but he does not have to, right? But God showed me one day that praying for others is love. Praying for others is love. And can we say again? (laughs) Praying for others is love. Yes. And um, one example that I found this to be the truth because you know when God shows you something you're like really you know what I mean come on (laughs) you're like okay show me show me show me and help me understand this you know because it's just praying but um towards the end of um uh earning uh my degree I was given the assignment by pastor Tom for prayer And little did I know that it would change my life. Because God had already told me, but having that assignment um, really just let me see it all together. Okay, what God was telling me about prayer and love. And so I was praying over everyone in the church. And um, how much, and my love grew like, whoa, for everybody. And, And I was just like, what happened you know 
because you don't think about praying for your church when you're praying at home doing your other stuff. You're just praying for what you need or praying for your spouse or praying for this, that, or whatever. But um, it, it really changed my life. Um, God would tell me specific things to pray uh, for the people in this church and for uh, specific things in the countries that, you know, we send money to. And as my love grew for the people here, um, I was able to open up and be more loving and happier to see everyone when I came to church. I was not guarded or reclusive. You know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, hi. And then I'm just kind of ducking, sitting down. You, you guys know. And um, I was open and loving towards everybody, and it changed my life. So I found that prayer um, was a key to love like God was showing me. It really is. And um, I also know that Jesus prayed for us in the New Testament. I'm not going to read that intercessory prayer because it's really long, but it's in John um, chapter 17, verses 1 through 26. And that's an intercessory prayer that he prayed for everybody at that time and for everybody who was going to come after that. So he was praying for us before the foundations, while Jesus was here. You see what I'm saying? Just, it's wonderful. So it's John 17, 1 through 26. Um, he was looking out for us and just before he was taken to the cross. And he also taught us how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15, that's the Lord's Prayer. And um, one thing that he mentions at the end of that prayer is you must forgive others so your sins will be forgiven. Man, I just was like, oh, let's, let's flip that. Let's look over that. No. But yes, um, that's the one thing that's the hardest thing for us to do is forgive. We like to harbor and hold on to that pain and that whatever and, you know, but we have to forgive so that we um, are forgiven and uh, we have to make sure that we don't think we're walking such a straight line, you know, because we're all growing. Once you're saved, you're growing. You're just a babe in Christ. You're growing and you're going to mess up and you're going to, other people are going to see your mess ups. <laughs> But, but um, forgiveness is important in our walk with God. So our sins are forgiven. And so um, God uh, gave me a blessing of a dad that would live his life right no matter what others thought. He would tell me stories of how him and his friends growing up would make pacts or promises with each other on how to live and make good decisions. And he wanted to do good, and it has shown up in his life. And for me, I have gotten the blessing of seeing it and knowing what love truly is and how to live right. Um, love is being present every time. Love is showing up even if you have to sacrifice the chance of being in trouble at work, which my dad did and didn't think about it and wherever trouble we were in he was there um, searching all the hours of the night day after day and not giving up on us when we ran away from home um, even when my dad could not find me God knew where I was 
in Psalms 139.12 says that, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. So my dad did not know, but God knew where I was. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you, so there's nothing hidden in God's eyes. Love is guiding someone and wanting the best for them. Love is forgiving and choosing to do what is right when you receive backlash from others, when they do not understand why you're doing the right things. Love is praying for them and wanting what is best for them, even when things are going good or bad. Prayer never fails. Love is encouraging and lifting others up. And my dad would encourage me um, before a job interview or really any time that I felt really nervous about something that I was either going to do or a test or anything. He always just believed that I can do it, you know, and you got it. So I would call him before an interview and he would encourage me, told me to be myself. See, my dad knew me, and he wanted me to be myself. And he always told me I'd do a good job. And I can almost count always on my dad answering the phone when I call, no matter what it is about. doesn't matter if he's at work or what he's in the middle of. If these got reception, uh, he's going to answer it unless he's in a meeting and he can't answer, or he will answer and tell me he would call me right back, and he always does, okay? Um, but I know for a fact that if I called him while he was in a meeting and it was an emergency, he would walk out of that meeting and talk to me if I needed him to. I don't have any doubts in my mind about that at all. Um, why do I think this way? Why do I have this knowing he didn't have to tell me? He does not have to tell me, this is what I'm going to do for you, and this is what I'm going to do for you. No, no. he just, it says actions, constant, just constant. He loves me. He forgives me. He prays for me. He shows up, and it doesn't matter what time of night. I know he would be there no matter what. I know my father because I got to know him. He didn't have to tell me. I got to know him. And that's why I can be confident in this. And we have to get to know our heavenly father and know what he would and would not do for us. I have seen the actions of my dad, and he doesn't just live it at work. You know how we can put on a, oh, hi, how you doing at work, and put on this, do-do-do-do, and then... We come home, we're like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, he lives his life the right way no matter where he is, okay? I cannot say that my dad is a hypocrite. I can't. I just can't. I don't see it. He lives his life right, and he does not waver. He's not perfect, but when I look back, I can, I can understand the little imperfections because everything over that, okay, because those are very small, okay, he lives out each and every day the right way. So he goes by the book on everything on his job. He's very respected. 
Um, he goes um, by the book on life and morals, and he lives right. It is hard to get my dad to step out of what he thinks is right, and you can ask my mom. <laughs> he also knows, or we also, sorry, we also know that God does not waver either, and his word does not return unto him void, because Isaiah fifty-five eleven tells us that. Um, by my dad's example, um, I like to represent my dad well. Okay, he lives his life so right. I want to represent him in that rightness too. So, we have had done, we've had work done on our home, and we've had to pull permits to get our our stuff inspected or whatever. And my dad is their boss, so I would dress up nice. I would put my makeup on. I would have a nice outfit on. I would make sure my hair wasn't a mess. And I was very kind, and I represented myself well. Now, you come and show up at my house, and you're probably going to find me in my pajamas. You know? But I'm representing my dad, okay, in his workplace. Um, I wanted them to see my dad in me. And I wanted to see them to see that my dad did a good job and that I was respectful, kind, presentable, courteous, and, and so on. So um, do we want to represent God himself in that manner to this world also? We should be thinking about how we are representing God in our everyday lives. Is it easy? No. But I know now that how I wanted to represent my dad is how we should represent the father. And um, if we do not know what love is, we will look for it in worldly things and in others who cannot give us the love that we desire. So only God can fulfill that inside of us. It doesn't matter how good that person or thing is. God is the only one that can fulfill that void. If we chase after people, money, things to fulfill us, then we are walking in idolatry because the Bible tells us that nothing comes before God. Now, um, how many of you um, only give so much work for God to do in your life? only so much like there's some things you allow him to help you with and some things you think you can take on on your own or you don't want him to touch it okay um you might think well god knows what i need he sees and knows all things but it's about relationship i only let my dad in so much into my life because i already know what he's going to say I know that he's going to defend me, that his love will show through like a protective lion. I know that. I don't have to question that ever. I just know it. And rightfully so. Now, if we don't open ourselves fully to God and lay it all before him, even though he knows, we will never be free. And he wants to help and defend and take care of whatever is in our lives, but we have to let him. For example... When I talk to my dad on the phone, he can hear it in my voice, and so can my mom, if there is something wrong. 
I can be all chipper and, hey, hi, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> they know. They already know. Okay? Um, if I deny it, they know. But until I speak the issue out of my, my mouth to them, there's nothing he can do or say to guide me. Just like salvation was freely given, but until that prayer was spoken out of your mouth to accept Jesus into your life using your words, what was God going to do against your will? If it's not my will to open up, my dad still loves me, wants the best for me, will still protect me, will still pray for me, and so on. Do you see really the reflection or type and shadow in that? So what is my dad going to do in my life, even if he does know what is going on, unless I let him in and say, Dad, I need your help. Dad, I'm dealing with this, and I don't know what to do. Until then, no matter how hard it is looking in from the outside, what is he going to do unless I'm willing to let him in and help me, guide me, provide for me, and so on, just like our walk with God? He has the resources, the wisdom, the knowledge, the love, the know-how. But until we let him in, he will not go against my will or your will. He won't do it. Um, he can send people our way. He can try to get through to us. He will do what he can on his end. But until we allow his hands to go to work for us, he will sit and wait, pray, Look out for us, just like he did with the prodigal son, okay? He looked every day for his boy to return home. And when he saw him afar off, he did not wait for his son to get to the house. He ran out to meet him and embraced him in all his filthiness. Remember, he ended up in a pig's pen. So he was stinky and nasty and... The father did not care. That was his son, and he was just glad he was home. Um, his son did not feel worthy and wanted to be just a servant, but his father clothed him, gave him the best of the best, had a feast, and was so glad to have his son return home. That is the kind of God we serve. I heard a sermon one time um, by Jesse Duplantis. I really like him. He's funny, but he's real and practical. Um, called Don't Touch My Pigs. And his sermon is funny, but it's real, okay? And there are things in our lives that we won't let God touch. Either they feel good to us, we like it too much, or we just want the stench even though we don't know we smell like the stench, you know? We like to wallow in it and roll around in it and everyone else can see the mess on us, but we seem to be blind to it. Um, but until we give all our stuff to God and allow him to work things out in our lives and prune us, even though it hurts and is painful sometimes, eventually, once we look bare and hopeless, <laughs> how many of you guys are gardeners? How many of y'all do gardening work? I'm talking about the pruning and the shearing and the, okay, so you know what I'm talking about. You cut a bush, you cut a tree, the thing looks so sad and so pitiful and so bare and just like, oh, it looks so ugly. But then within a couple of weeks, it starts blooming and the flowers come back and it's absolutely beautiful, okay? And so um, 
just like that tree, we have to allow God to hold those shears and go to work in our lives, not to hurt us or harm us, but to take off what is bad and no longer um, good for us and allow time to bring us into our beautifulness, you know? Um, there were times that I had friends that my dad was like, no. And I was like, they're fine, they're good. And he's like, no, they're not. Even with the boyfriends I had, nope, that's not, that's not a good one. That's not, he's not. And I'm just like, oh, he's so wonderful. Yeah, you know, we all know. It, it, but he was right. He was right every time, okay? There, sometimes when, you know, I felt like he was just keeping me from everything, but he was actually protecting me from everything, <laughs> you know? And sometimes when we're um, in church, we just think that, well, now we can't do anything. Now we can't have fun. And now we can't do this. And all of this stuff is going to be taken from me, not realizing that that stuff being taken away is what brings you peace and happiness. And you can, we have fun, <laughs> you know. It's just not in the manner that we used to have fun, you know. But it's a better fun. And it's uh, good for us. <laughs> so I'm going to close with this. Um, even though this topic was hard for me because I did not want to be pressed. I did not want to be challenged in this. I did not want to see how I am loved by others that do not measure up to the love of God. I didn't want to see it. And in my thoughts, I didn't know what love was. But in God's eyes, I had it all along right in front of me, and I didn't see it that way and but God wanted me to see it and my eyes are now opened and I am glad that God chose this topic for tonight um, uh, it helped me see God in the love of him um, and he used the example given to me by my dad that he blessed me with and remember, there are no accidents in God's eyes. And I was chosen to be my dad's daughter at this time. I didn't want to do this, okay. Okay, just a second. It's a special gift, my dad is. So... Dad, I want to thank you for loving me, guiding me, never giving up on me, showing up for me, pushing me to be better, wanting the best for me in all areas of my life, for praying for me, for showing me right from wrong, for fighting for me, standing by me, accepting me and not giving up on me when you could have walked away for using your life as an example for how to live mine. When God chose you to be my dad, God knew you would reflect the love of himself into my life and help me see his love for me and help others see his love in their lives too. So I don't want you guys to forget the examples that were given tonight of the love of God 
um, in our lives. It is important to God that we learn from this sermon and see the love of him in our lives. We need to grab a hold of this in order to know that God does love us, and sometimes we don't know how or the depth of what his love truly is. And I hope the examples given tonight will help you see his love for us and how he cares for us. It's a comfort knowing that I can count on my dad. I do not, however, take advantage of that. I respect my dad. But I know that we can also count on God and his goodness. We first have to read the word, listen to his instruction, be obedient in doing it, have fellowship with him, talk to him, pray for others, and then the kingdom will be added unto us. And so um, I just want to thank you for coming tonight, and I want to thank you, Pastor Tom, for having me teach too.